Thanks, Leo. We're going to learn about prayer. And I believe you can sing and pray at the same time. That's worship. And uh, what a God we have to, um, to just honor him that way. Um, just for those who may not know, here at Hope, we have a teaching team. And I have the privilege of being part of that. I don't normally speak two in a row, so I hope you don't get tired of that. But we're going to hear Pastor Brian the next three weeks, and I'm excited about that too. I just really appreciate uh, the gifts that God has given to us men here to be able to share God's Word. The series is called Amen. So I want to teach you a little bit about that. It's pretty exciting. When I go on my internet, Strong's Concordance software, and I look up the word amen, uh, it's pretty neat. The gentleman on there pronounces every Greek and Hebrew word for me. So he says it this way, G-43-5, amen, amen. The A is long. Uh, we kind of pronounce it a little differently. I think God's okay with that. In my church growing up, 17th and Allegheny, um, it was pretty neat. Uh, I was just a little guy. We eventually moved out of there to Cheltenham, and that's where Baraka Church is now. But we had at Baraka an amen corner. To the left of the pulpit was a bunch of older gentlemen. I think I fit into that category now. (laughs) And they would shout amen when the message was being preached. And I was just a little guy. One of the amen guys, we called him Candyman. He would bring candy every week. I would visit that corner. And I also noticed they had variations of amen. Pastor Brian loves to have us challenged with amen, and we repeat back amen. I'm going to tell you why we do that. But back in my church growing up, they would have a few guys that liked the long A. Amen! (laughs) Then there was the quick guy. Amen! Quick and short. So I'm trying to think, you know, how I want to do it. So I'm practicing every time Pastor Brian says, amen, and I go, amen. Um, Let me share this with you. I'm going to read this. The word amen is a most remarkable word. It was translated directly from the Hebrew into the Greek of the New Testament. And the Christians just took that on from what they learned from the Hebrew people, and once Christ was in them, they all began to say amen. Then it was translated from Hebrew to Greek to Latin to English, and now in many other languages. It is practically a universal word, similar to hallelujah. That's that's worldwide. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, here's what amen means in Hebrew, and in Greek. You can have amen at the front, uh, and it's a firm, faithful, verily, it's true. And you can have it at the end, which most of us in our culture, we say it at the end. Amen? 
We can call that the beginning. At the end, it means so it is, so be it. May it be fulfilled. It was a custom which passed over from the synagogues to the Christian assemblies, like I said, that when he who had read or discoursed, I'm kind of giving a discourse here, had offered up solemn prayers to God, the others responded, amen. And thus, now listen to this, and thus made the substance of what was uttered their own. Boy, I like that. When truth is being set up here, and they may say, amen, and I respond back, amen, I'm saying what you said was true, and I want that in my heart. Amen? Amen. That's my prayer today. As we look about prayer, um, I got the verse, and it's neat to see it was always when we go to prayer time, it's up there. I learned in the King James, right, Barb? Her and I battle all the time in the King James. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Say that with me. Pray continually. continually. Say it again. You just learned 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Don't forget it. Pray continually. We want to look at that. Let me just uh, give you a little background as we look at these verses here in 1 Thessalonians 5. Here's the background for 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul wrote the book. He was there for a little while, not a long time. Shared Christian truths. And the persecution was so bad in Thessalonica that even Paul had to take off for his life. But being Paul, he was very concerned about the people that he was just teaching. So he wrote a letter, sent Timothy back with it, and wrote these instructions. In 1 Timothy, there's five chapters. Some of them deal with the second coming, the rapture of the church. Um, And this chapter 5, he's dealing with, through the persecution that they're receiving, hang in there. Christ is coming to make things right. Boy, that's our hope. So that when you go to 1 Thessalonians, there's these seven quick um, commands, suggestions, uh, things that that he has his heart on. And I want to just, if you could go to the next, um, you can put them all up. Uh, I just want to read these quickly and I want to share maybe what I'm thinking Paul's heart is. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject evil kind of evil. Now, in a much more serious way, I thought of those who run marathons. And you want to be there encouraging them, cheering them on. Wayne and I recently went to a, a meet with, that was at um, my grandson's school. And he and his mom, my daughter-in-law, were running in that, around the track, around the track. And the more they ran, the more they're able to raise money. So when they came by, we did this. <laughs> Go, Matt! And then when it was Ginny's turn, go Jin. And you know what? They were encouraged by that. They laughed at that. 
It spurred them on much more seriously. Paul's saying, in the midst of struggle and persecution and hardship, rejoice always. Do not let anyone steal your joy. We have that in Christ. We do get our joy stolen by circumstances, by people, by things people say. Paul, through, God through Paul, wants us to know, rejoice always. Everything that happens to you and I, transformation, is about God changing who we are. And he takes the good with the bad. He's incredible at that. Then you have all these others. Pray continually. Give thanks. Always giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will. Pastor Brian's going to teach on one of the things about prayer is praying in Jesus' name in God's will. Very important for us to learn through the scriptures. Then it goes on with the others. So that I want to concentrate on praying continually. Now here's what I've learned through many people that God has allowed to be put in my life of how we study scripture. And we've shared that here. Pray continually. First of all, what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean I can't talk to you because I'm talking to God. We don't go just life yeah, Lord, okay, well, this and that. No, no, I can't talk to you there. You know, God doesn't mean that. As a matter of fact, when you hear some other scriptures, God says, whatever you find your hand to do, you do it with all your might for the glory of God. Well, that takes concentration in the workplace, school, whatever your vocation is. So I have to concentrate. And that's harder to pray, but I'm going to, after the end of this, I'm going to share little things that God has taught me through life. So it's not praying all the time, every minute, every second. So what is it? Praying continually for you and I, I believe, as we study the scriptures, is understanding who I am in Christ, what I have with relationship to Almighty God, and that I can have that on a continual basis, moment by moment. Very similar to the the principle in Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit. That's something God wants us to have all the time. But I don't. I forget about God at times. Life gets tough. Put God on the back burner. And I go on my way until finally I go, Oh, Lord, forgive me. I need you. So... Prayer, continually, is learning to develop an atmosphere in your own heart where you understand the relationship we have with God and the privilege to pray, to talk to Him, to sing to Him as we did today. I want to give you three kind of categories that maybe you want to write down or put in your heart and your mind to think about these times when you encounter them, to pray about them. I want you to see prayer as 
a desperate need for God. Now, that's a truth, but it's something that doesn't always happen to me in my life. Don't always see my desperate need of God. There's sometimes chicks, I can handle this, and I just leave God alone. We want to grow in our understanding, I desperately need God. A great example in the scripture of that is the book of Judges. How many have ever read the book of Judges? Okay, they're just like me. I live life without God, I get in trouble. God help me! Over and over and over again. Sad to say in the book of Judges, it ends with, and the, what they did whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. I don't want to live that way. I don't want you to live that way. We as people of God need to understand I desperately need God. And I also believe that God will allow difficulties, tragedies in our life to awaken us to that truth that I desperately need God. Psalm 119, David said, it is good that I've been afflicted. Why? Because it showed me my desperateness of God. All of these characteristics of praying continually is something we, by prayer, can ask for. God, give me a heart that understands I need to be desperate for you. Second point, a continual dependence on God. This is a, this is a great truth to have it in your heart and you practice out on a daily basis. Oh, gee, I'll clean that later. Don't worry about it. You're allowed an hour on the wood. <laughs> it's part of my age, I think. John 15, we, we studied this a while back. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What do we mean by that? Anything that's righteous, that's godly, that's from above, can only be produced in my life by God through the life of Christ and the Holy Spirit. I need to learn dependence on God so that, and I think it was Dom who shared this a while back when he was doing Christianity's Matter of the Heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. That's prayer. I need God every moment, every day. So not only in the desperate times, but I need to build a dependence on God every day. Then the third one. We can enjoy a delightful time with God. Now for me, in my, it's unbelievable, 65 years of walking with the Lord, knowing Him as a Savior, I'm only learning this maybe 20 years ago, God started to work this idea in my heart. Um, I say this trying to be unprideful, <laughs> helping you understand I don't always experience this, and I'm still a sinner 
saved by grace, being transformed by God. But I don't want to withhold the experience that God has done in my heart, that I love spending time with God. And prayer has been a huge thing in that. Let me read you a couple Psalms. Psalm 511. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. We were singing for joy today because the one who defends you, he wants us to love his name and be joyful in him. Here's a very familiar one. Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life, Lord. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Kids, takes a long time to learn that. I didn't know it as a kid, but I want to encourage you. Spending time with God is the greatest thing there is. I'm learning that at 69 years old. Lord, give me more time to enjoy that. Wayne and I talk about this. Uh, I, I give God the credit for what God has done in our marriage. I love being with my wife. Wayne would tell me when she would go to work, she's retired now, but when she would go to work, the women and the men would talk about, ah, I got to go home to the old man or the old woman. God doesn't want us to have relationships like that. I love being with my wife. I know she loves being with me, which is pretty cool to have that. But it's nothing like being with God. And we say that to each other and encourage each other. There is nothing like spending time with God. Um, And I'm trying to look forward, and her and I try to spend more time in different places and time with God. Um, And I've shared this before. I don't know why. It's maybe where God has my ear. But my best times with God is when I can't get to sleep and I just lay there looking at the ceiling. And God has worked in my heart, and that's what I'm going to share for the next 15 minutes. God has worked in my heart to understand these truths of what I have in Christ. Last week, we gave the gospel. That's where it starts. And we as a church do not ever, ever want to leave the gospel. It's the foundation of God's plan from beginning to end. But now that I'm in the gospel... Those who are going to get baptized want to declare that they're in Christ. What do we have in Christ? It's unspeakable joy. Um, It's unimaginable. And yet God wants to reveal that to us. And it's basically now a relationship with God. Sin in the garden, if you remember last week, God said, you're out. And the cherubims held the entrance to it, you're not getting back in. No more a time of presence with God except for God's plan. And ultimately, Jesus Christ was that plan as he was born, lived, died, buried, and resurrected. The gates of hell were open wide. And all who believe can come in. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God 
unto salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then the Gentile. So with prayer, I have the multi-privilege of power, of blessing, to spend time with Almighty God, the creator of the universe. Let me just share, as I look back, and I've done this probably for the last 10 years, I, I look back at my life, and I look for God's grace along the way. Well, Wayne and I were talking about the times of tragedy that we've had. The time when we found out our daughter was visually impaired. And that broke our hearts. But we went to God. And we watched God work in her life. I watched God work in my life. So let me just share a little bit of that and how I saw God work. And I want to say this because it's God's word. I'm no special to God than you are. God has no favorite kids. So what I want to share today is what I see God worked in my heart. He can work in yours too. If, if you haven't really pursued God like we all should. I grew up in a Christian home. Was taught the scriptures at Baraka, the church where the Amen guys were, they had a program where they taught you verses every week. I learned 150 verses. I still know most of them today. That's why it's so important for you as parents, for us as a church, down in Learning Sir, we're teaching them who God is, what His Word says, that we can hang on every promise. And I was taught that God worked into my heart to the point where at five years old, I knew I needed a Savior. Where'd that come from? God and his word using his grace to work in my heart to recognize Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be separated by you. So I asked my seven-year-old sister, what should I do? And she said, pray. Pray. Talk to Jesus. It doesn't change. Even if you're older now and you're questioning, and never came to that point where I've said, Jesus, I recognize that you are God and that you came to die for my sins and there's no other way. But I'm not sure. Talk to him. God, show me who you are. Show me your glory by changing my heart. Well, at five years old, God changed my heart. I began to learn God's word. We had a family that prayed at home. I watched my parents, and I lived with my grandmother, live godly lives. So that began to change my heart to the point where, and this is one of the things I look back on with grace. If you know Chick... He's an on-time guy. Matter of fact, the commercial horizon, they got that from me. <laughs> if you're on time, you're late. I like to be on time. 
And I realized as I looked back, everywhere I went, I, got, I was the first kid up in the morning out in the neighborhood, and I had to wait. We had, I had to take public transportation, two buses to get to my church during the week to have Boys Brigade. So I waited for the buses. You still wait for the buses. So I've learned to wait and wait and wait. And God, by his grace, began to work in my heart. Well, what do you do about waiting? And I'll say this. One of the things that God taught me, and kids, hear this. I was never bored. My mind and heart was going all the time. And I began as a teenager to talk to God about his word and the things that I had in my heart. That's what the power of the word does in our hearts. That's why when Chick's up here, he's pushing the word to all, everybody, especially our children, our kids. Read the word of God every day. Meditate on it day and night because it will give you the right direction to go. And there's a lot of bad directions. So as I got into thinking about the word, rehearsing it, meditating on it, I began to ask God questions. And I didn't realize I was praying to God. God, what what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? Ooh, that's that's something I never heard of. I got to tell you, when, when Steve taught a couple weeks ago and told me Joseph never said a word in the Bible, my ears went up. I never knew that. I love learning new things about God's word. And it, it never ends. Then I went home and I meditate on it. But that's a different teaching. Why? <laughs> what was God doing? But anyway, that's the heart that we want to have for God's word and prayer. So I began to ask Um, And I got into a pattern, which I believe was definitely by the Holy Spirit and His grace that, and habits are good if they're good habits, that when I'm alone, I'm never alone. I'm talking to God all the time, and I love it. And I ask Him questions about this passage, that passage. And He does marvelous things for me. I'll ask Him a tough question that it's in the Word. Lord, what do you mean by this? And within the next month or so, I'll be listening to a teaching by someone else who's been gifted far more than me to, hey, consider this. So, as the Ebrians, I go back to the Word and I study it more. And I'll say, thanks, Lord. That's what you meant. Amen. Let me apply it to my life. Let me put it in my heart. So that as I've gotten older and older and my love has not diminished for the word, then prayer began to be part of that without even my own knowledge. And God began to give me a heart of prayer. And I try to pray about everything. Again, I don't. I don't do this right or perfect. But here's what I do know. 
I love prayer and I need to do it more and God wants to help me with that. So I say, let's go for it. That's, that's one of my messages today. Grow in your attitude and your conduct of prayer. Your privilege of prayer. Um, so then, I started to think about how can I increase my prayer so it's more continually. Is that proper English? <laughs> um, God says pray continually. Pray more. Spend time with me. We see that with Jesus. We see that with the, the disciples. But how can I make it practical and put it in my heart? So, I began not only asking God to make me aware of what's going on, but, and here's one little tip. Somebody said, Chick, could you pray for me? I don't hesitate and say, oh yeah, I do want to get home. I pray that time right there. Let me pray with you right now. Um, if this person asks for it, I want to take that seriously. Um, I started something maybe five, six years ago, maybe longer. Chick forgets, getting older. Um, as I pray for you guys, and that's very much a concern and a delight for the elders here at Hope, is that we pray for you. We pray for you in our meetings. We have a shepherd's list where we pray for you as we break it up. We want to pray for each person here at Hope because each of us need prayer. So that as I drive around, and I'm, I get around a lot, if I come near your house in my truck or my car, I'm praying for you. I told Bill DeGraw, it's not fair that he lives right down the street from me, and every time I go to pick up my son for work, I pray for the DeGraws <laughs> and the girls. He gets more prayer. <laughs> but it's a practice that I began to work in my heart that really works. And you know what's great about this? As I spend time with God praying for you guys, not only my own family and my own needs and, and the world out there as far as the gospel, there's a delight in that as well. I love praying for you guys and your needs. We need each other here at Hope. And God is our answer. And one of the ways of that is through prayer. A mighty, mighty power through prayer. One of our slogans here is we don't do anything without prayer. That's a good thing to have in our hearts. So, you think about different ways that you can pray for. Um, I was taught so long ago, uh, one of the pastors I had back in Baraka, he came as a new guy. I don't expect this of you. 600 people in our church, and in two weeks he knew everybody's name. Whoa. What did he do? He made pegs. Did you ever hear that expression? If, if I meet someone near, here new and their name is Bob, I'll go, oh yeah, my buddy Maddox. I'll, I'll, I'll join those two Bobs together so I help to remember his name. That's a powerful way to remember things. 
Uh, and you can make associations, is another way to explain it. You can do that on your own for the purpose of remembering and praying. I practice real hard to pray for the names of all of our kids. And some of that is harder. There's more of them. But you can do it. I don't have a brilliant mind, but I think the mind that God gave me and the mind that God has given most of us is pretty incredible. Right, teachers? What you can learn, (laughs) practice, memorize is incredible. So if you want to be a person who prays continually, ask God to help you think about those things. And the joy of prayer, I enjoy prayer just as much as I enjoy reading the Bible. And that says something, because I love God's Word. So, my challenge for us as a church that prays continually is to ask God, put that in my heart, Lord. Let me pray for people. Here's another one. I have a few of them, but no more time. If someone comes to mind in your heart. And God, I believe, does that all the time. Um, God brings Billy on my heart. Billy's suffering. I don't waste that time. Oh, that's really tough with Billy. Lord, come alongside of Billy. Relieve him of his pain. And that goes for all of us. I don't want to just, you know, embarrass Billy. (laughs) Um, it's, It's a tool that we can do. If someone comes to mind, pray for them. Brian's going to teach us about God's will. There is so much, the Bible tells me, of what God wants. And I want to pray for those things, not only in my life, in my family's life, but in your life. That's one of my gifts as a shepherd, a pastor's heart. And I want to pray for you guys to know God and to grow. And then the up, in, out, and then make them known because he's so fantastic. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that you are working on our hearts through the Holy Spirit to be men and women who pray without ceasing, that our lives more and more are continually being desperate for you, dependent on you, and delighting in you to spend time with you to pray for all the needs of the world and my world and this church. And I ask in Jesus' name, according to your will, work that in our hearts by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now you've got to put it in.